Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Pat here. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast. One five four. That's a smooth intro for Tuesday, April second, two thousand nineteen. That's Ian Ferguson. That's me. I'm Pat Conchie. We are your uh, brethren for this. Uh, pop cultural ride that is the CU Pockets. Talking about retro game stuff, modern gaming news, movie news. I'm annoyed again this week. Um, this might be... be a theme coming up. <laughs> this is like the the, the the quarter of annoyance, springtime, I think. But uh, yeah, we get, we're talking about um, uh, a new Sega uh, a new Sega game, a new Zelda game in development, but uh, a new Sega Mini, hopefully better than the At Games trash. Uh, <laughs> we have more details on that. Yep. We have a review of the Analog SG from Mr. Ian Ferguson himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atari VCS structural improvements. Uh, that's fun. Yeah. That sounds like a bridge being built somewhere. Can't wait to get to that We have one. a scumbag solve of the week. We we also have a Patreon topic and a and a Ian, you went to WonderCon, though. I did. WonderCon was fantastic. Was it wonderful? Year. It was. The it one was... time I tried to go t- two years ago, it wasn't wonderful. I couldn't find parking. I left. Really? Yeah. I wasn't, because it was like in the afternoon already. I was like, no, I'm not going knee deep into the, you know, I don't want a 30-minute shuttle to get to my car. I'm done. I turned around and went home. That was not a good date. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I've never had a bad time at WonderCon. I've done it two years Well, I didn't either because I never got in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Vani, Vani and uh, her job, they had, the, they had a booth up there. So I went up Friday with my friend Adam, and then I went up Sunday with Vani when she had off. Uh, I love WonderCon. It's small. It's manageable. Um, That's what Comic-Con used to be probably like 15 years ago. Yeah, you can, I mean... Or even maybe like 12 years ago. The first couple of comics I went to weren't as nuts as they are now. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, it was, it was manageable. It had a, a, you know, always a heavier focus on comics. Um, almost no movie or TV presence um, on the floor. Uh, it's, it's a really good place to go and try to hunt down a book. Uh, there's a lot of good artists. Artist Alley, I don't know if it's better than Comic-Con. Probably not, but it's it's... It's easier to navigate, and it does seem like there's a lot of really good popular artists who are there, and some that only do WonderCon. You know, they don't do they don't do the big one. They don't do SDCC. So it's yeah, it's a really good show if you're like into getting art, original art, or or comics. Is there a good amount of uh, like uh, Silver Age comic dealers more than Comic Con? Or yeah. is it the same amount? There's like 15 of them. There's probably about this. It's probably about same, the same, but they same. they just it seems like it's a bigger presence because it's a smaller show. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Is there more trade paperbacks? Well, there, was, there was a lack of trade paperbacks last year. They got rid of that. A couple of the big vendors did not have. There was a lot this paperbacks. year. Yeah, there, there was. I, I, I was disappointed. A lot. I like I like digging through those. Yeah, that's my. That's what I, I read for the year. Basically, I buy like four or five of them. That's what I read. Torpedo was there. Torpedo's always at okay. uh, SDCC. That's the big one that's walled in by yes. the big black cases. Yeah, they would never have whatever Frank wants, but yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, we want I, the challenges of the unknown archive. No, we don't have that. No one wants that anymore. I believe it's owned by one of the members of System of a Down. Really? Yep. 
and he's supposed to be very nice. That's really not even. But uh yeah i picked up i picked up some uh x-men fight vampire comics so. oh that's fun yeah it's um, always good just mindless violence x-men so fighting shit vampires but yeah so that was WonderCon. we keep forgetting there's another x-men movie coming out this summer they pushed it back twice oh yeah that's right i'm not watching it, it what's so weird about this we can talk about this when we talk about uh the scum x the week it has, has to do with these movies a little bit but um that's going to come out after Disney's, Disney owns that movie now. Yeah. They own that movie, and they own The New Mutants, which has been pushed back a year. So it's come out a year ago. What? It was supposed to be out before that. New Mutants was supposed to be out last year. Oh, yeah. Like a year ago, because um, they filmed it two years ago. So what does Disney do now with that New Mutants in particular? Do they shelve it? Do they put it on Hulu? Or what do they now... How do they tie up with this last... X-Men movie. They've done four movies in ten years with these X-Men movies. Right. Which have been, except for Apocalypse, have been good. And this one looks pretty good. What do they do with those? Or, or do they even say, fuck it, we're putting out as a one-off, but we realize that we're going to reboot X-Men in a couple years. So just whatever. It's really a strange question, because they're not going to bring those people in. They're not. Right. They're going to do their own thing entirely. Oh, yeah. New Wolverine, new Professor X, new Magneto, which they should. They should start clean. Yeah. But it's going to be hanging out there now. That's weird. Deadpool is its own thing. Deadpool is easy to incorporate because Deadpool really didn't have a connection to the X Men movies. You had a little cameo in X Men uh, in Deadpool too, but that's it. Deadpool is easy to, to bring in. Uh, that's they're not going to touch that. Deadpool is going to come in. They're going to associate him easily. But with that X Men movie, I don't know. That's going to be weird. Yeah. How much promotion they do for it? That's all the conversation. Let's not talk about that right now. We'll talk about it later. But it, it's an interesting thing because I don't think it's ever happened before something like this. But um, oh, WonderCon was fun for you. Um, you know what's a fun show? Uh, SVU Law and Order SVU. Yeah, boy. And the reason we bring up SVU uh, procedural procedural uh, cop drama. It's been on. It, it's been on for twenty years. Jeez, late nineties. That was the first uh, spinoff from the original Law and Order before the other two or three they had. I love criminal, criminal intent. intent was right after that, and they had that uh, super tri- cop Bobby trial Gold. by jury one, and then they had a fourth one that no one ever watched really? with just the lawyers, the lawyers like the blonde lawyer that was in SVU. Like yeah. it, it lasted like one year, and that's it. They got rid of it. Um, but anyway, so SVU is has been renewed for its twenty first season. It's going to be the longest running primetime drama in history at twenty one years. I guess that's longer than Gunsmoke was. Yeah, Gunsmoke was like nineteen years, I think. Of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, on Raw they say it's an it's the longest running episodic TV show. Like they don't they won't say drama, right? You know, it's really a drama, it's a soap opera, but um, it's still going strong. I mean, from the original cast, there's only uh, Ice T left and and uh, Mariska Hargitay's. That's it. Everyone else is gone. Dan Flork's gone. He's been gone for years. Chris then, Maloney. Uh, Maloney's been gone for like five years from the show. I Chris Maloney it. still does great work. I love Chris Maloney. Maloney was like. Barely contained rage on SVU, like yeah. all, all the time. In, in the original seasons, they had him with his like family would show up. They, yeah. they used to incorporate that stuff more. But then he went through a divorce because his job was killing him. And yeah, then, I remember that. I, yeah. I think he left the show. Why did he leave the show? Did he punch someone out or something? That's it was uh, something like, like that. that. I, I stopped goes, watching after, or he's just done finally. After fifteen years, I'm done. I mean, I've seen too much, of course. Um, and Hargitay is now the now the uh, the uh, the sergeant. So she's in charge of everyone. She's like the Dan. Oh, Clark. really? Yeah. Okay. She's the bald guy. The bald guy who was originally on uh, Law and Order came to SVU because he got fired from Law and Order originally. They brought him back. That he was the guy running it for like the first like ten, twelve years uh, there. And then Munch is gone. Oh, Munch! No Munch. And then your your man comes back every now and then. He just came back on a um, from the first season. Uh, Dean Winters. Yeah, he comes back still. As, oh yeah, as, as like a weird thing. Like he comes back like once or twice a year to hang out and 
have sex with Mariska Hargitay. I don't know if they're still dating on the show. <laughs> it's weird. They're a weird thing on the show. Like originally in the first, this is what's so weird about the show. You're following their lives because 20 years ago, Dean Winters was young and plucky and had a relationship with, with this character on the show. And then like 15 years later, he comes back in like older and gristled, but she's older and gristled from the, it's really a strange show. Yeah. This is what I'm going to say about the show. It's entertaining, but it's probably the most depressing show you can possibly be entertained It's horribly, by. horribly depressing. Because obviously you're dealing with sex crimes and the show's important at bringing light to that. Yeah. It's one of the first shows to really do that, to deal with like uh, rape victims and what they go through and, and victims with assault. So that that was very important. That wasn't done. It's very obviously it's uncomfortable. But that said, you can still have some happy endings sometimes. And there's absolutely no happy endings to this show. There's just about none. Yeah. It's... Even if someone's convicted of a crime, it's it's at the end of the show. And a lot of them don't even end with like in the in the courtrooms. They did originally more. I think they did not anymore. They were more like now it's like whatever. So what's interesting about Law and Order SVU is that I watch it to see what the weird twist is going to be. Sure. Because it's always good. It's never just like well this guy assaulted a woman and he gets. There's something fucked up that happens that makes it even worse for you as a viewer. Yep. So that when you stop watching it, you feel like you feel like you want to hang yourself. So I have a few examples, and I guess one recently I just saw, but these are the ones that stand out to me that are horrible. Um, there was one about about um, an older adult that got molested by his like piano teacher. Mm-hmm. He was like a, you know like an eighteen year old kid, nineteen year old kid. And you know, it goes through that because this guy also molested a bunch of other ones. So then at the end, of course, the, you find out that the ninety year old is now molesting the kids that he is teaching. So it's like, it's like, thanks. That's, that's fucking, I mean, I'm not sure that, that obviously can happen, but that was a bad ending. But then there's other ones that are insane. Like that's one that's plausible, but then there's fucking insane ones. Like, like a little girl getting like the gun of a person inside the police uh, department and shooting like her alleged like molester and stuff like that. Like, like, so then her life is ruined. Like she goes to jail too. And that's happened at least twice where there's been a shooting inside the police precinct. Have you seen any of those? I've um, seen at least two of them. I think that's happened. I think I saw that one. There's two of them. I've seen a couple where someone gets shot in the police precinct twice. Once it happens, you think, okay, that's really weird. It would not happen twice, twice no. where someone in custody gets killed. Like, that's just weird. So, the, the, you, but you did see the one. That yeah, one. yeah, that one. It's I insane saw. Yeah. how that could even happen. Uh-huh. Or someone bringing a gun in on their own in the, the prison and killing someone. Right. I've seen that happen too. But then there's the one recently where it's like um, a neighborhood watch. They watch out. It's like an anti-pervert, anti-pedophile thing where they have a phone app to let them know based upon the database where all these people live and they go after them. So they introduced early in the episode. I couldn't remember if he was a guy that appeared before, but they, but Mariska Hargitay's character was like, oh, yeah, we're friends. We kind of know each other. He was this like British karate instructor. Okay. And then he installs a backdoor Trojan virus. Uh, to all these pedophiles to, to to download their pictures, so he knows exactly who they are and what they have through advertising about like, oh, you make sure your computer is very clean and whatever. So then, of course, you find out that was all front that that guy is actually the pedophile, and that was a guy that was going around raping little girls the whole episode. So it's just like, but I saw it coming. But they wait until the last like three minutes to tell you that, yeah, to reveal it, and I'm just like. Yeah, see, I, wow. Um, like, like they're getting more. It's been twenty years. It's not enough to just find like a rapist or someone who assaulted someone. They gotta like throw in all these fucking twists at you. Jesus Christ! That like throw your head for a loop. I'm not even gonna talk about the Gamergate episode that was fucking awful, where they actually had a first person shooter part in the episode of a cop with a gun. Like, just like oh, we talked about that. <laughs> Did we bring that up. How bad yeah, it, was? it was. Yeah, it was brought up. It was fucking bad. Um, 
And here's the SVU. It's entertaining. I guess it's been out for 20 years. 20 years. I mean, what are you going to do, right? Anything else to <laughs> SVU? Nope. No, I, uh, I I think I stopped watching it before. Uh, it's it always on USA. Really crazy. Yeah. So you have to watch it. Well, it, yeah, I used to watch it, but then I moved on to... I moved on to... Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Finer things like uh, forensic files. Finer things. Finer real, things. real justice. Yes, real justice. This is, I'll give you this advice. I don't know why they don't replay it, but there were six seasons, uh, six, seven seasons of Burn Notice. That was an episodic procedural thing to extend about a spy in Miami. And while while it's not as realistic as a police procedural, it's not as fucking depressing. You know, it's some people get shot and stuff, but it's like, oh, it's fun and light. It's almost like a Magnum P.I. meets MacGyver thing with the spies. That's why, why I loved it. It was on for like six, seven years. Jeffrey Donovan, great underrated actor, by the way. Check him out in the season two of uh, uh, the Fargo season two. He plays a creepy fucking guy. Like, really good. Anyway, um, and then uh, people want to ask us to talk about uh, John Oliver covered, a week before WrestleMania, John Oliver covered the, the state of uh, of employee, well, independent contractors in WWE. Independent contractors. And we're going to talk about this for two reasons. One, we're going we're to talk about WrestleMania next week. Someone wants to talk about it. We're actually going to have a sponsored segment, so in all transparency, we're going to do that no matter what. And we're both wrestling fans. But the John Oliver segment is getting a lot of attention just because it's, you know, he's, he has a huge show. It's national news. He put dedicated 20 minutes to it. So we thought we'd dis- discuss it. Ian, what was your take on about what he went through? So it it's it's nothing that... I think that fans haven't heard before, but for the general public <clears throat> and perhaps newer fans, um, fans of the last 10 years probably don't realize. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's necessary. They need to know what's going on in the background, um, with their wrestlers and how they're taken care of. Um, it's the same thing with how uh, a lot of the problems with the NFL have come to light yes. recently. Uh, John Oliver did a great job doing it. He presented it in a, as a, as amusing as you could uh, sure. and as amusing as you could weigh. Um, but you know, it was also a very sad segment. He, he covered all the basics, the um, lack of unionization. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, wrestlers for the WWE aren't actual employees. They're called independent contractors. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though there's nothing independent about it, they can't wrestle in other, you know, federate. they're exclusive. Yeah. They're exclusive. Um, they don't have health insurance, uh, you know, those sorts of things. And over 23 minutes, he he really covers just about everything you would want him to Everything, cover. but not one thing I'll bring up that he left out. But um, it was interesting because, yeah, like, this is stuff we've known forever. The Wrestling with Shadows documentary is, um, you know, almost 20 years old at this right. point. They came out like 99, I think. Um, but not everyone knows it. Um, and, it, yeah, wrestlers... Uh, not until even the late 90s were wrestler contracts guaranteed. And you can thank uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and a few others going from WF to WW for that. So for a long time, you weren't even guaranteed. Right. Like, if you got hurt, they can just cut you. It's only... it's only, um, And they can still do that, I think, but at least now there's like there's like a standard minimums uh, when it comes to this stuff for your guaranteed contract. That's why it's so weird when you hear stuff like this. It's like, how are you an independent contractor if you are working exclusively for a company? And that's that's the crux of it. How is that even legal? Right. And it it probably wouldn't be, but I guess they never had a lawsuit come up where it was never challenged enough. But the biggest the biggest turnoff to me about this is you're doing a you're doing a job that's inherently physically dangerous, and your health insurance isn't covered for it. That's like that, that to me is insane. 
I'm sure nowadays it's better. Like if you get like a like a if you blow out an ACL or something, they probably I'm sure they probably help you with that since that's so common now. Or they have their own doctor, maybe they get a better rate. But the fact that they don't cover health insurance, then again, if you're an independent contractor, you don't have to. That probably be let them. They, if they if they covered it, that would, that would be a red flag. Oh, these are these are salaried employees, right? right. And not independent contractors. The, the ruse would fall. Yes. Out. Yeah. So that's that's bad. And I know people in the business. I know a writer. You know, I know other people. And and this was always, I think, always the gambit of, of wrestlers that went to WWE is that yeah, you have a high end payout potentially, but now you know you're stuck in the system, right? And, and you can be and you can be stuck if you're not used. Yeah, you'll get paid if you're low on the card, but you might you you feel like trash. You can't wrestle anywhere else. They've gotten better with this the past few years. They've ha- they've had one off allowances on some of this stuff uh, to go wrestle here or there. I think uh, uh, I think even Triple H showed up at an ICP event. Uh, last year really yeah just you know so they're, they're trying to and that's probably triple a's trying to make sure we have to like build bridges to these companies we can't cut ourselves off this isn't the old territorial days of right. the 80s with vince crushing everyone but i think you you have problems that remain obviously one one of the the main things that's problematic to me is not just the health insurance thing. and by the way wb responded saying oh we have a wellness policy in place but it's like yeah but that's not health insurance and that doesn't cover yeah, anything it's... like having a retirement account the, not necessarily that you have to have all these things, but you got to make sure these wrestlers are being taken care of. And it's all about it's all about the wrestlers now that are fifty years old and sixty years old, and that's really what it is. Is that those guys are out to just dry. Guys like Jake Roberts having to do like crowdfunding for surgery is insane. Right. Yeah, that's that's how much money did he make for Vince McMahon? You know how many how much money did these wrestlers make for Vince? You know in the 80s or 90s and these guys are lucky to reach 60 years old king kong king kong bundy passed away in the early 60s what a couple weeks ago and that's miraculous he reached his early 60s it's, yeah it's miraculous if you reach your early 60s as a wrestler well they talk which is fucked up and they talk uh in john oliver's segment he pulls up an old uh roddy roddy piper uh clip where he's uh talking about you know going back to what you were saying how uh wrestling provides a great entrance for you but oh, yeah. it, there's Rockstar. no there's no exit policy and um you know he was talking about how he's not gonna make it to 65 and uh he died at 61 when you when you, when you look up the li- list of wrestler deaths that are premature and i say premature as anyone you know by the age of 60 for a lot of these guys just because they put their bodies through so much and then they it's a substance abuse unfortunately because they had to pop so much painkillers and not even talk about the steroids the steroid deaths that that doesn't happen as much anymore because that's out of it but right. until the mid-2000s i mean you know people like eddie guerrero you know people that affected them that affected them dying at what eddie guerrero was like 38 and he dies he, his, his heart just goes just fucking goes out it's worth too hard yeah that's, and I have other wrestlers too. Other other guys that showed up in WWE for uh, test dead. Jesus, I forgot about. I like, always, if you want to yeah. go through the list, I mean, I'm not even talking guys just from the. If you want, if you want to get really depressing, go back and watch like WrestleMania three or four or five, and, and count you realize, how many people are still alive, and you realize half of those wrestlers are dead. Yep, like it's really bad. And then somehow Greg the Hammer Valentine still survives. Like <laughs> he's the guy that's been around like, forever. Uh, it's really depressing. Like when you talk about like Billy Jack Haynes and Hercules Hernandez and p- people like that. Ultimate Warrior passed away a few years ago, and and, and Piper, and it's uh, Mr. Perfect. That that hit me hard, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, died. he was and, so good, and he never got the. No, he was supposed to fight Hogan. Uh, yeah, all these guys are just gone, and like, and, and it's like, well, you know, they would have died by now. I was like, no, a lot of these guys would have been only like fifties, 
early 60s. And a lot of these guys, like Kurt Hernick died early 40s. He was gone. Yeah. Was it, was it early 40s? Early mid 40s. He was gone. He was, I think he was. Uh, he was 44. Yeah. Wow. Jesus Christ. That, and that was a, dr- a drug overdose. And a lot of these times, yeah, these guys, uh, it's painkillers combined with alcohol a lot of times, combined with steroid stuff. So your body just goes, it just goes under. It can't, it can't handle the stress of, of all this stuff. It just can't. China, forget about China, just died a couple years ago. You know, uh, yeah, it's just a shame. So, and, and, and to bring the light, it doesn't mean we don't like wrestling to bring focus on this. It's like, you want this to improve somehow. And I think it has, but there's still ways to go. I think providing for the older wrestlers to me is, is the biggest crime, not doing that. Yeah. Not, and they do have, a, uh, you know, if like, like Scott Hall, they got into like rehab and stuff, but that's only half it. Let's take care of their health care. These guys, right? Vince McMahon has so much, so much money, and WWE has. You can, you can. If these guys say, "Hey, listen, can you help me out with this surgery?" It's like, come on, you can't do that. At least, like, yeah, have a fun that the retired wrestlers can. NFL is doing that now. Yeah, they had to get sued, but they're doing it. You know, they came to an agreement. Say, okay, we'll do it. We'll we'll provide a fun for you guys. You guys killed yourselves, and you can barely walk when you're 45 now. Rob Gronkowski just retired, 29 years old. He's out. He's like, I'm, I'm out. No, I had enough. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Seven, eight years, uh, nine years, and that's it. And these wrestlers sometimes have to wrestle for 20, 25 years. They, they wrestle into their 50s or 60s. Well, and like Roddy Piper said, you know, you leave and then you go back because what else are you supposed to do after you've What else can yourself? a wrestler do? Right. What, what, is it, what are they qualified to do besides be an entertainer? That's really it. So I, w- I would recommend people watch the John Oliver segment if they haven't. Um, whether you like wrestling or not, this really isn't about the actual wrestling so much as it is employees or not oh, employees i forgot about the company one, being treated poorly the, the one thing john oliver left out is that uh unless this changed these guys have to pay their own way on the road they pay for their own hotels and rental cars oh i remember you telling yeah i i, I unless only, that changed yeah i think they have their own uh corporate uh plane that they could travel all that them pay that but like if they're just driving like that's and especially hotels they got to cover their own hotels and that's, of course, you can deduct that, but that's not money coming back. You're, it's, that's lowering your tax, uh, your taxable revenue. But my God, if you're on the road for you know 200 events a year, that's a lot of hotels you got to share with other people. That's a lot of money that's out of your a pocket. Shitload of money. Yeah, unless you unless you sh- and I've heard about like you know eight wrestlers sharing in a room because of that because it's cheaper. You yeah, know? that's that's not no, that's not comfortable. Though, no, no. Anyway, all right. So check it out. It's last week tonight with John Oliver there right ian analog was nice enough to send you a review unit of the mega sg genesis fpga yes console yes so uh i forgot to give you the 8-bit do controller though i'm sorry that's all right but, so but you can still review you can still do a nice <laughs> review of, of, of the system while i just sort of like sit back and just so uh yes uh analog was nice enough to send a review unit and i took it home and uh i've been using it pretty um pretty intensely beautifully yeah for the past week or so um i mean so the the real thing to to i think first say about the analog mega sg is uh it does absolutely look as fantastic as i this is my first experience with an analog system oh okay so it looks as fantastic as everyone says. Um, it's easy to hook up, USB power, HDMI, um, and 
I mean, you just drop the cartridge in, you hit go, and it pops up on the TV screen first with a, uh, like a, menu. A, a, like a little intro logo. And then, yeah, very, uh, a, a quick menu, uh, options, um, start cartridge, uh, tools, and, um, the, uh, the options allow you to do things like uh, filters, uh, scan, scan lines, lines, resolution, resolution, and screen all that. size. Because um, it's the same thing with the Super NT, which I have. Yeah, most okay. likely. So basically, it's it's the exact same. You can change the gamma, the lightness of, of yeah. the colors. You can screw around with stuff like that. And I haven't. I I mean, it, I did. When, I did with the Super NT because I got the recommended ones from online. Like, here's a resolution you should go. Well, here's a screen. And size. that's what I want to do. Is I want to I I I want to see if there's a recommended um, setup for the Genesis and go through that. That I did not. You, you kept it default. Yeah, I kept it default. Okay. Um, so. Uh, loading a Genesis game is as easy as you would think. Um, I tried real Genesis games. I tried flash cartridges. Um, and uh, uh, Sega Master System is just as easy with the... Uh, yeah, it, comes, it comes with the adapter in the box. Um, and uh, when we ran a test cart uh, ROM through it, um, like showing sharpness and all that, mm-hmm. Uh, we ran like twenty tests on. It. I mean, the thing is insane. Like it, how crisp it shows everything. Um, and there was also like a latency tester. And latency. I, I have a Samsung that's always been really good about having low, low lag or latency. It has a good on game it. mode. Yeah, it has a great game mode. Um, so what's your latency? What's your default latency on on that? Because it's supposed to add zero latency. Yeah, zero I, lag. I have no idea, but it's it it was it's, like you didn't notice it any lag. Yeah, it was like. I think it was like 20 milliseconds or something. Which is like nuts. That. If you get that low, then I want your TV because my TV, it's hard to get below, I think, like 40 milliseconds. Yeah, I think, I think it's like 20, 25 milliseconds somewhere okay. in there. Um, so, yeah. It Which was, is negligible. You won't notice that. Right. No, I mean. I, anything, below, anything below 50, you won't notice. One twentieth of a second, you won't notice. I, I tried to play. Um, I tried to play stuff that would require fast reaction times. Um, shooters, uh, fighters, stuff that wouldn't be. Good that you would be able to, you'd be able to notice. Yeah, and I so I put it through its paces with that, and yeah, I didn't I didn't notice anything. Um, we did hook it up to the Sega CD. What model one or two did you do? Model two. Okay. We hooked it up to a model two. Uh, we had some audio issues, but then we found out it was simply because you have to set um, you have to set the analog to CD audio in the main. Oh, there's a menu item. Yeah, there's a there's a men, there's a menu item. However, it it, it only those audio issues were only um, there's only a couple, uh, and like I said, I, uh, I I read that it's solved by setting it to CD audio. However, uh, a lot of the games we played still played fine. What did you play? Uh, we played, uh, I mean, still sound fine. We played Eternal Champions. Okay. We played NBA Jam. CD. Yep. We played Kia Flying Squadron. We played Demolition Man. Demolition Man is just a fucking fantastic game. Is it really? I think I have it. It's good. Um. What else did we play? Oh, jeez. Night uh, Trap? You Night Trapped it? No. We played a Net Futabi. Prize Fighter? Uh, no Prize <laughs> Fighter. There's a lot more I want to play, but honestly, we played like eight games or so, and we... The cleanest possible at Sega CD. Uh, th- th- uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. We played... Uh, I think I have that. Thunder Force. So, um, it's, it's, it's great. It reminds me a lot of running my... Um, like, when you're playing some of the beat-em-ups and stuff, uh, some of the cuts... Or, not beat-em-ups. Some of the games... Like a Net Futabi, which is a beat em up, the cutscenes come in and you can tell they're kind of done, like, I guess, in engine. 
mm-hmm. and they look great. They look super clear, uh, a lot like the cutscenes on like a PC Engine game, like a, a PC Engine CD game. Yeah, like you're not going to have like the crappy signal going to your CRT. So yeah, I mean the, the resolution is still going to be the, the greatest on these Sega CD cutscenes, but they're going to be clean at least. They're not going to be when you get yeah. to actual FMV. You almost don't want to see it that clean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not the system. Because the fault. resolution's like 200 by 120 <laughs> it's not on the, those. It's not the system's fault. But, um, uh, yeah. Marky Mark, you want to see on a CRT? You don't necessarily want to see that stuff so clean. So yeah. I didn't mess with uh, filters or anything, but I have a feeling dropping a filter on top of certain Sega CD games would probably make it look a bit nicer. Like the mesh? Or, I guess, maybe not nicer, but... More tolerable. More tolerable. You didn't, you um, didn't see what crisscross looks like. You want... No, no. Gonna uh, borrow my sealed one. We're gonna. Uh, we decided we'll do. Uh, we'll do a, a CNC Music Factory or in excess next time. Oh, I don't think I had the CNC one. Yeah, I know it was a CNC one. Yep. Really? Yeah. Really? There was a CNC. Uh... There was a CNC Music Factory. One. How do I not have that one? I don't know. What the fuck? I want that one. So, so what? What regular Genesis games did you did you test? Uh, Truxton. Truxton? Yeah. You, you went Truxton? Truxton was the was the first uh, one that we tried, and I also did uh, Tiny Toons uh, Buster's Hidden Treasure. Okay. Because I love that game. And, uh, and Any of the standards <laughs> that you, did you test? No, actually, we didn't test anything standard. What like the... No, in normal cartridge, like in actual real cartridge. Oh, you're talking about you just did on the, on the, on the ROMs and the flashcards. Yeah, normal cartridge, we just did Truxton, and I did... Uh, I did the Tiny Tunes, but then on the flash cart we ran through a bunch. Yeah, like Sonic games and Sonic, uh, Pulse Man, Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage. Uh, yeah, we did. We played Streets of Rage two, um, Gunstar Heroes, Balls three D, Balls three D, uh, Rise of the Robots, the Rise of the Robots. Why Euro- that? <laughs> European only awful <laughs> fighting game. God, it's miserable. I had oh, that on the PC. I I uh, I don't know why when I get access to like that stuff, I just want to play all the bullshit i want to play Why? all the shit I, i'm at least i see balls 3d right now on my shelf it's so bad cyberball populist sorry so you play the you play the the, the best uh, port of double dragon no on the Sega Genesis, no i did the not arcade version no oh and i should say that the pack-in game is pretty fun too uh hardcore is actually really really good it was fun yeah it's a it's a very fun game very much a turrican style game. and those are accessible from the menu it'll be like run cartridge or run the game yeah it's just run cartridge play hardcore or then, then you have all those. By the way, you can turn off like the intro screen that's in the options too. I like all it. that stuff. You like, you like the little intro? I like the little intro. You can, you can. There's a lot of options. If it's the same as the N- Super NT, which I believe it probably yeah. should be, th- you can customize it to your heart's content mm-hmm. about how how it looks. I think, and I think, and I think, I think even the audio. I believe you could do. Now, did you? Did you? Uh, yeah, that, like I said, that was our problem. We didn't set it to CD audio. Yeah. Did you do the firmware update before you did it? No. Didn't know there was one. There's a, yeah, you, you got to do the firmware update. This is an incomplete review. Oh. You, you always check the website for that. You know. Well, I'm reviewing what came out of the box, and it was fantastic. That's so. not that's not your responsibility. As a, I'm so I'm sorry, Analog. I thought I forwarded him the email saying that there was there was a firmware update. You got to always check the website. You know, whenever you get these things, Retron, you know, the, the analog stuff. There's always there's they're always working while it's being produced. They're always working to uh, to make it better. ABC. Man. Always be always be working. Always. ABW. Abwa. Abwa. Yeah. Abwa. Uh, so and so, the, what did you for for Master System? What did you check on the Master System? Uh, it was um, Penguin Land. Just Penguin Land. Just Penguin Land. Just one game. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that it did what it was supposed to. And do. look clean. It looked nice. Look clean. It looked nice. Uh, I wonder if it'd be worth it. Oh, I should have given you my uh, 
No, I'm trying to think. Is there is there a Game Gear two two Sega Master System adapter? It's coming. It is coming. It's coming. So I didn't get a chance to test that. Oh, there's there's not a third party one that already exists though. No, no, there's Master System to Game Gear, not Game Gear to to Master System. Okay, that exists yeah. previously. Yes. So that, that, then you cover three systems right there. Right. And if they ever want to do a 32x FPG, it was probably too difficult to even uh, the worry F- about. The FAQ says that they're looking into it. Okay. I mean, right here. And then, and then, then you have you have four systems covered there: Master System, Genesis, 32x, Sega CD, and Gear. You have five systems covered at that point, and, and it's a hundred and what hundred eighty dollars for this. Yep. Sega 32x is currently not supported with Mega SG due to its reliance on multi-analog video output linking. We are exploring solutions to support 32x post Mega SG launch. Here's the deal: I'd be satisfied they never do it. If they do, it's an awesome bonus. Yeah, because then, you, like I said, you eliminate five systems in one. But it, it really is. It's it's a um, very easy to use, very easy to set up, sleek to the point system. Um, and I don't know to, to use an old saying. It does what it says on the tin. Oh, like, it's I, like yeah, they're they're releasing uh, cartridge adapters for the Mark III. Uh, if you have the Japanese ones laying yep. around, the Game Gear, like you said, the the Sega cards. If you want to play those six games that exist, six seven games, Teddy Boy. The SG-1000 and the SC-3000, which were the Japanese uh, earlier than the Master System. Yep. Well, the SG-1000 is like, I don't know how many games in that you want to play. That's like the NES version <laughs> of the Genesis, even previous to the Master System. What, what's the, is the SC-3000? Wasn't that just the Master System? What was the SC-3000? I guess, I guess maybe it's incompatible. Oh, no. It's a home computer equivalent of the SG-1000. Oh, I didn't know that. So I guess there was a computer ones. See, that's cool. They don't have to do this. There's probably one person, two people in the world that would be pissed off if they didn't include this. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but the fact that they're doing it. uh, Mark, okay, Mark Mark 3 is what what the math system was. That's right. The the SG, I thought Mark 3 was that, wasn't it? Uh, Let's see. SG, oh, oh, 1000 Mark 3. I don't know what I'm talking about then. I'm confusing this. With, with whatever 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 the Japanese uh, mass system was called, escapes on the top of my head. Um, so okay, you're going to be covered. I can play my Google 13 uh, SG uh, 1000 game. Apparently, honestly. I can modify uh, the LED color in the options. I did not know that. Oh, that's right. I, f- I should have told you that. That's fine. Ian, you didn't put this is a half. I'm sorry, analog. This is a half of you. No firmware it, update. It, no LED colors. It's not alternate. I, I missed something about LED colors. Play. He plays one only one mass system game. Look, he's turning red. He knows it. But but thank you so much, uh, Analog, for sending it out. And maybe I'll buy one. Maybe I'll buy one. Maybe you give me the bro price, and I'll, and I'll pick one up. But this is this is worth the bro it. price. <laughs> yeah, what, you know, you, you, unless we want shared custody of, of the Analog Mega SG, we can do that. Moving on. M- moving on. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Ian, this is a uh, breaking news in the past three four days. You know, doing this weekly podcast now. There's, there's some advantages to this. Oh, yeah, there definitely is. You know, there's some some advantage to this. Five days ago from record this, a new Zelda game in the works, and it could be a follow-up to Breath of the Wild. This is coming from Monolith, who also contributed to Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Um, so um, th- this is according to uh, job listings on their website. So the people are thinking they're ramping up for this. And this isn't a shock, just because when you think about the... When Breath of the Wild went into development, this Breath of the Wild was in development as as early as the demo uh, of of the Switch that I remember watching. Uh, like, I, was it even like 2013? I remember playing it, playing something that looked like it. 
that they're developing for the well, they're developing for the Wii U. So I think it was even 2012. I remember seeing the demo of him fighting some sort of spider. Yeah, but uh, that that wasn't Breath of the Wild. That was a different tech demo, I thought. But either way, that's when they were working on a Zelda game leading up to it. And and either way, I mean the Wii U version. Remember, this was going to be a Wii U uh, release back in like 2016, Breath of the Wild. Before they said, okay, we got to make sure that that the Switch is a success. We're gonna sh- we're gonna shelve the the Wii U version. So Breath of the Wild has been. Well, in they the- didn't shelve it. I mean, it came out. Well, I mean, shelve it for until the Switch oh, comes sure, out. Oh, sure, sure. So Breath of the Wild really has been done for at this point three years at least. So when you think about them developing another Switch game. Uh, a Zelda game, it's a no-brainer because Switch is going to be out for another two, three years easily. Right. You know, we're only two years into it. So this isn't a shock they're doing this. No. Um, and, it, it, you know, uh, they will be able to use the Switch to its full capabilities here um, because it'll only be for the Switch. Uh, yes. There's been a couple times where Zelda games have uh, bridged bridged systems. Oh, um, yes. Like uh, Twilight Princess. Yeah. Um, so obviously the newer system gets a, It'd be optimized. Yeah, it gets a it gets a it, it's a little bit nicer, but this one will actually be made for the Switch, and it'll be imp- it'll be interesting to see what it does. Um, so Monolith Soft is behind uh, the Xeno um, Xenoblade and uh, the Xeno Saga and Xenoblade series. Um, they uh, did a lot of. I guess, work with Nintendo to kind of bring the world of Breath of the Wild around. Um, and they worked on all the Nintendo games. Um, so with them doing all this hiring, especially for the roles that they're looking for, um, artists and stuff like that, uh, it, 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 it makes sense. I mean, it, it, there's going to be another Zelda game. It wouldn't be weird for people, for it to be ramping up now. Sure. So... I guess what people are going to postulate about is, well, will this be like open world, like Breath of the Wild? Will it be more maybe like a game where it's more linear, like do A, then do B, then do C, then do D? And I think they hit upon something with Breath of the Wild that I think we all, when we first heard open world Zelda game, we all just crapped our pants, like CM Punk on the ring. Like, this is a great idea. Uh, this is a no-brainer to do this. And now they pulled it off, the groundwork's all laid. Like here's the good news is that they're not starting from scratch with this game entirely. Right. They 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 have like things like um weather patterns figured out for the open world and and how animal AI is and things like that how enemies stroll around and how hang things out like lightning and fire yes. effect things. So Yeah, I like think... they 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 have all the hard work figured out from like 5 6 years ago already you know putting this together. So when you think about a turnaround if, if Breath of the Wild was probably like you want to say a five-year turnaround, something like that, probably like that four to five years, this probably wouldn't be as long. I can't picture it being as long. I'm not saying it's going to come out next year or even two years from now, but I don't picture the turnaround being as, as, as rough because of this, because of the groundwork laid. And even assets. If it's a similar art style, all right. We don't, we, I'm not saying we're going to reuse everything, but you know, we don't have to redo every mountain. Right, <laughs> every stick and twig, yeah, every branch of a tree. Like we, we're starting with something, and there's probably stuff stuff that that's in the in the vault that they haven't used potentially. I mean, I mean, when you think about a Zelda game, you're going to have some common enemies show up for sure. Oh. unless this is taking place in another land far away, you're going to have Octoroks. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have Moblins and things like that. Right. So it's it's encouraging, and I don't think people would complain if this was just literally Breath of the Wild, but in another land somewhere else. I don't think many people would, would have a 
would would argue. Obviously, no, I don't think they would. But Nintendo, I mean, Nintendo's not. I don't. I don't see them phoning it in. The Zelda series usually always tries to do something different from a previous entry to a degree. But once you get to the open world, how different do you want to go from there? Well, once you're there. I I I, I think there's a good likelihood that. Um, more while dungeons. Shrines, I was going to say, while shrines might still be in there, that there will be more dungeons. Uh, I don't know if they'll uh, change the weapon durability system. Some people hate it. Some people just get used to it. Honestly, you're picking up so many weapons that it... it watching Vonnie play it, you know, the opportunities to pick up weapons are so frequent that sure. it almost doesn't look like it's that big of a deal and the thing that I do kind of like about it is it makes you screw around with all the different weapon types. I just think that the durability they could have made it a little more stronger the weapons. There's sure. some there's some weapons sure. where when I was in the heat of battle at one of the shrines against the, you know one of the, one or two of those tank guys mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I got a pretty nice sword and it just fucking breaks I'm screwed like I'm just screwed. Right. I got to go back out and find another weapon to come back in. So that to me slows the game down and I'm like eh uh yeah. Other than that, though, I, I mean, I played about, I probably played about thirty hours of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I think you shocked. Uh, I mean, you, oh. I am shocked <laughs> in multiple ways. Uh, one, wow, one okay. that you played maybe game... forty hours. Ooh, oh, whoa, whoa, well, I had a whoa! Couple, you know, I, I, had a, whoa. I had a plane trip to Norway. It's like ten hours. Whoa. whoa. Uh, well, I guess we're glad you had that plane trip because you never would have played it. That's bullshit. I played it at home too. <clears throat> um. Vani, I think, has like 400 fucking hours into that game. But she's 100%ing it. She's almost there. <laughs> all the DLC, everything? Uh, that's all done. All she needs to do now is find like 200 more Korok seeds. And that's 200 it. more? Yeah, out of 900. Okay, Vani, I'm not going to make a... I'm not going to ask you to... You know, you don't have to do this, Vani. It's, it's a lot of hours. You, you got through the game. <laughs> it, you know what? She buys like a game every year and gets the money out of it and then I look at my stacks oh, of games or your stacks of games and I go, hey, you know what? She's got the right idea. Okay. She's got the right and idea. And she's enjoying it. Okay. That's fine, Bonnie. Buy one you love and just play it to shit. Play it until it burns out. The ROM, <laughs> the ROM just dis- dis- not Ron anymore, just dissipates so, on it. Weird, weird side note. I told you about uh, how my, my dad started play, played Skyrim. Started playing Skyrim a few years yes. ago, right? Okay. Yes. Well, I play No Man's Sky with him now. And I went to go... They had another update again, by the way. Didn't they have another one, too? Oh, they just announced uh, there's going to be a big one this summer. Good for them. With VR. I, I, that, Good for them. That might actually make me look into VR. Oh, they just, oh there's it just... Actually, this morning, there's articles about it looking great in VR. You're going to get VR? I would get... I would, for No Man's Sky? I would consider VR for No Man's Sky. Oh, my God. I want to I videotape you playing it with a VR headset on. Um, what was I going to say, though? Shit. Oh, uh, just hours of playtime. Uh, my dad has like over a thousand hours in Skyrim. <laughs> the Fergusons have a lot of time to play these games. Well, my dad's is yeah, retired. He's, he's just about to retire. He all right, Mister Ferguson. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm shocked that well, the score is still six out of ten on Steam for No Man's Sky. It seems like it should be a lot higher now that it's a totally. But different if you game. look at it, it's it's all like mostly positive recently. Okay, and it, I mean they're they bombed it at first. They're fighting back from a particularly shitty awful launch and you know i mean the negative reviews built up over two years that's i mean the game didn't well a year in it was a different game a year in well it was but it was in very minor ways uh you know no man's sky next which came out last summer was the that's the big update that's the one that really 
That put the, they the, the bases in yeah, it. Yeah, they rebooted okay. it and all that. So, All right. I, okay. I'm still waiting for my Privateer 3 to be made. Hell, Star Citizen. So I know that's getting closer. What do you want more? Privateer 3 or a new Unreal? Or what are you looking for here? Well, the Unreal tournament's been started. You can go online and see people <laughs> playing the beta. So just finish the fucking game. Just finish it. Six months, you can probably finish the game. Put an assault mode in, and I'm fine. You know, that's fine. You, you, right now, you can play You can play the beta. You can play, uh, I think, ca- you can play Team Deathmatch and Deathmatch. Is it even captured a flag? Just fucking finish it. But Privateer 3 would be outstanding with all the tech we have now. Like, yeah. if it was No Man's Sky, but Privateer 3, I would have played it a thousand hours. Because that universe is so interesting uh, with the Kilrathi and everything. That's, that's very interesting to me. And the fact that Clive Owen was in the, the second one. So, anyway. Anyway, so, okay. What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking Zelda about Zelda. Again. Yeah, Zelda. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm going to predict past prediction. You're going to see this come out at the tail end of the switch in like three years. You're going to see it. That's what I'm going to think. Maybe a little sooner. I'll say two. 2021. Different. 2021. 2021. I'm going to be 41 fucking years old then. 2112. I know. Rush. I'm going to keep it looking, looking sharp, but we'll see. Am I allowed to have this hair in my forties? I think I'm allowed to. Sure. Why not? And then I go spiky. I have a, I have my, my, uh, 40% life crisis. And I don't want to be 100 years old. I'll probably like, well, my grandfather was 94. And he's passed away because, you know, Alzheimer's, basically. My shitty grandpa died at 69 because uh, he was awful. Did he treat himself badly? Yeah, he treated himself and others poorly. But, yeah. Oh, well, that's, I'm sorry to hear that, Ian. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Anyways, so hopefully I'll live My long- grandfather treated people pretty well. He drank wine every day, and then he, he rode his bike till he was like, like 80, so that probably helped, so he was healthy. My grandpa on my mom's side was... Uh, was a stoic dude, but he was a good guy. He lived to be in, I think, his mid to late 80s, and he had like yeah. 13 heart attacks. I swear to God. 13. I swear to God, he had like a baker's fucking dozen. And he survived all of them. Yep. Little minor ones, like, uh, that's okay. Back to the sandwich. Yeah. Ooh, all right. All right, that's number 12. And the thing was, is he was thin. He was a tall, thin guy. Well, it's, it's but, genetics. But he grew up in the 50s where, yeah, everything was heavy cream and just bad for you. Well, genetics is a lot of heart disease, genetics, oh, yeah. but also stress. You can be healthy as an ox. You have a lot of stress. You can die. Well, I mean, they had seven kids, so I mean that might have been stressful. I would say it was the seven kids, <laughs> one per heart attack, almost. What segment are we calling this? This is why. It's, this is why this is the the best gaming podcast because we can just roll around from grandfathers to to Zelda and and, and No Man's Sky and Vani playing too much Zelda. We can just talk about anything. Yep. So there's a Genesis Mini coming out. Um, uh, this is. Uh, this was announced at Sega FES 2019. Um, what was what's FES? That's just their own Sega. It, it's, it's their like expo announcement. Thing? Yeah, it's kind of like theirs. Um, They're going to tell direct thing. Uh, they do it. Uh, I think it's once a year, usually in January. Okay. Um, but I don't. At least that's when I remember it. But now it's not. Um, so Sega is going to follow in the footsteps of Nintendo and the PlayStation and. Uh, put out an official mini console. Now there is a difference. Okay. There's a difference to this because, <laughs> okay. because there's like the at games plug and play ones, but those are considered shitty, but they're still mini in size. Though. They're still mini in size. But they're not the mini and they still have games on them, but they're not the mini. They're not the mini because this is Sega directly doing it right in theory they're not just handing off so, the at games so when, with the license well so okay. when it was no first, when it was first no. announced okay 
When it was first announced, it was supposed to be by At Games. And At Games tweeted it. And, and then untweeted. And then everyone <laughs> shit their pants because, my God. Because they're like, we've seen this before at games like eight times. Yeah, and it's it's not good. We talked about in the podcast how many at games Genesis devices have been the past 10, 12 years. Right. It's been a lot. The most recent one I heard was better, but I mean, they're not good. They're, 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 they're what they are. I mean, for the, the Genesis on a chip. Yeah. You got yawning Triceratops roaming around on there. Yeah. <laughs> You're your same list of games. However... So, they call them the flashbacks. So this is kind of I, in my... They uh, still sell the flashbacks, probably. You yes. can buy my Target right now. The HD one's 80 bucks. In my opinion... Um, and it's mini. But not the mini. In my opinion, uh, this is like them rebooting that, trying to forget the past. So some games that were announced, uh, these are some of the ones that were only announced for uh, like the U.S. market. You know, we'll get Altered Beast, Castlevania... Or I'm sure some of these will be between systems, but... Alter Beast, Castlevania Bloodlines is a big one. Um, Comic Zone, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, uh, Echo the Dolphin, Gunstar Heroes, Shining Force. Um, hoping Shining Force 2 will be on there. Um, Sonic, Toe Jam, and Earl. So, so, so from the start, you're getting some different ones from the At Games ones, right? Because you don't yes. really just see Comic Zone and Castlevania on the At Games ones. No, and I mean, so we've got uh, Rent-A-Hero is going to be coming. That was never released over here. It'd be awesome oh. if it got released. So, it'd be awesome if that was translated and brought over here, but I mean they'll probably just do two different regions um yeah powerball puyo puyo too um so the lineup already seems pretty good um we're we're in better place here's the thing it's that it's not being done by hat games right it's so i'm getting to that so the game list looks pretty decent to start but it's not being done by at games it's being done by m2 M2 is a uh, company that has done lots of ports for Sega before. Um, they've done them for other systems as well. Uh, they have a, a shooting uh, game series called Shot Triggers, M2 Shot Triggers. That's them doing ports of old arcade shooters with options. Okay. Um, they did all the 3D uh, ports to the 3DS, um, the Sega ones. And those were all phenomenal. They take extra care to make sure everything is, is right colors are right and they add all sorts of options that are necessary too so if a game has differences between the japanese um european and u.s versions you can actually load you can actually go to an option screen and go to the different yeah go to the different versions um you know they're very customizable so uh it's it's promising that someone that has such a long a long career with sega uh and a long career of doing things right is behind it. I have to do, do a correction. The last Genesis flashback, which probably was the best one, uh, the 2017 one, did have Comic Zone on it. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I think that this is actually in a place where whatever comes out is going to be quality. Um, where, did you, I... where did you see a, 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 that unreleased game being announced for this? I'm, I'm seeing on Amazon there's only the ones, there's only like the Unreleased? You talk about a game that wasn't released here coming out for it. Oh, no, I said it would be great. Oh, it'd be happened. great. It's Run to Hero. Oh, Run to Hero. Great. I thought yeah. you saw it because right now it's only the 10 games announced. Yeah. So you can pre order this on Amazon right now. It's $79.99. Comes with two controllers, uh, 40 games, two, two wired controllers, power cable, USB adapter, HDMI cable, plug and play, ready box contents. I have no idea what that means. And uh, the ten games that are announced. Why wouldn't you announce all of them right now? I don't. I don't get it. Let's just work out the deal. Still, that's one thing I think about. I, I, I don't know. I 
it, it's it's crazy to me because I mean, um, kind of far away for a pre-order. It's five and a half months. Sony did the same thing where it announced, you know, just a, a chunk of games at first, sure. and then did more. I don't know why you would do that either. But the the initial list, like I said, the Castlevania Bloodlines, the Shining Force. The Toe Jam and Earl, these are games that people want to see on there, and they would want them done in a better way than an At Games flashback. Um, I saw a lot of people come out and kind of poo-poo it, um, but if you can't afford something like a Mega SG, or you just don't care that much, uh, and you just want some games around, this it looks like a decent price for 40 good games, or for 40 games, that's a, that's a good chunk, because the NES Classic was only 30, right? What? The... NES Classic was only 30 games, right? Oh, they meant $30. Yes, 30 games. Yeah, 30 games. Um, and you get the two controllers. So I think price... Yeah, I think the $80 would... is fine if it's quality. If it's, if it's crap like the well, the PlayStation one, then yeah, it's not good. Right. Um, and I think I think maybe one of the other reasons that people are kind of down on this is because the PlayStation one did so poorly. Mm-hmm. And I think people are just getting burnt out on them. But if there was a system that should have one of these done right, I would say it's certainly the Sega Genesis. Now, this is interesting. I forgot about this. The last At Games uh, Genesis flashback, the HG, did have uh, several Master System games on here. Oh, I wonder right. if they would go that route or say, no, we want to stick just totally Genesis with it. Depending, I mean, because obviously Sega has rights to they can they can throw on some of the Master System games they want to as a bonus. You know, it, it's, but you like 40 games is pretty good? I, th- I Dep- think. Depending on the choices, obviously. Depending, depending on the, the choices. choices. You want a good mix. <laughs> Looks like looks like the the last At Games one also got mixed reviews because it was the same software as all the other ones. This little promotional image looks so thrown together, but made by Sega, Genesis Mini delivers quality as only a first party product can. Good. Do uh, it. Now I I like the fact that let's see, wired controllers are, is it is it just Genesis style wires or is it USB? I can't see. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. So that's interesting. If if they decided if they decided to go, I can't tell. I can't see that image. It's so small. So, I'm going to guess USB. <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to, hmm, I don't know. Cause if it's USB, they can't sell extra controllers. Anyone can use whatever USB controller they, they have. But if it around. comes with two controllers, they don't need to sell extra. Yeah. Controllers. But they're, but they're, they're, they're including the crappy three button one though. What about the six button one? What if they put street fighter on here or something with, you know, Well, I guess we'd have to, see. I hate that original Genesis controller. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a record. I, I like it. I don't I, like it. I like it, but the six button is a lot better. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Now it looks it looks. I can't, it looks it looks USB. I see the white. Yeah, that's that's okay. that's. Fine. All right, then I'm okay then because because then you can you would use whatever controller you want, which is smart because you can't because you can't do that on, on the NES Classic. I do like that it looks like the original Genesis and not the Genesis Two. Yes, no, no. The Genesis Two design is is horse garbage, horse horse manure. The, the Genesis Three you can just use as a frisbee, as far as I'm concerned. So. You know. I realize people are burning out on these. Some people don't see the point, etc. Well, if this, was, if this was the first Genesis, I think we'd be really excited. Right, absolutely. Now it's like, well, we've had the opportunity to buy this before. And some people have already probably bought this three times in the past ten years. So yeah. it's like, they bought the handheld one, they bought an At Games one. You know, uh, standalone. Yeah, they're, they're doing it. it. It seems like they're doing it right, but they're doing it right like doing it, way doing too it, late. Doing it right. Well, you know, they saw that, that Nintendo money, and they're like, we want that. Oh, plus, oh, 30th anniversary of the Genesis. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mega Drive was 88, though, but all right, close enough. Was Mega Drive 88? Yeah, I think it was a year before. Mega Drive. Yeah, I think it was release date. Is there going to be a Japanese version? I didn't yes, see that. there is. That's what oh. we were talking about at the beginning. Oh, we were? That's okay. why I mentioned Rent a Hero. Okay. I know you weren't. I wasn't listening. I was, I was, I was looking for the games list. <laughs> all right, so um, I, will, I will 
wait until the game list is complete to make my decision on this, whether or not I want one. But you think it's, it's starting off strong. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't need one, but I mean, for the oh, people no, I don't who might need... you, you, you got a fucking flash card and, a, and, yeah. a, and an analog Mega yeah. SG. You're fine. I, I will not be buying one of these. I just think it looks like it will perhaps be decent. Yes. If, if you're, if you're, it, it depends on the marketing, obviously. If they start, see, I, wow, if I see commercials for a Sega Genesis Mini on TV, like you saw at the PlayStation uh, Classic, that'll be, that'll be just weird yeah. to me. I guess you will, though. They want to sell them. But if the Sega had the marketing money to do that, like Sony, interesting questions abound. Yes. Flex Pro Meals is a meal delivery company that sends healthy pre-made meals to your doorstep. Their goal isn't to give you salad, but epic recipes, entrees you may have grown up on. They make healthier versions of eating healthy. It's a lifestyle change, not a two-week gimmick. That's what Flex Pro Meals helps with. So they go the extra mile, giving you the most value with realistic meal options at a good price. Flex Pro Meals offers a weight loss fat trimmer plan for about eight fifty a meal and a lean muscle larger portion plan for about eleven a meal. And those are huge. That's what I got. I'm I'm large. Some of the most popular entries are like the smoked brisket mac, Delicious. game day chili, breakfast burrito, chicken alfredo. I had uh, the Italian sausage rigatoni the other day. Ooh, that was good. That is good. That was good. I enjoyed that. Yes, he's got a little bit of water to it. Make sure that the pasta doesn't get too dried out. That's just a little <laughs> bit. It's a pat's tip to you. Uh, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, Ian's thinking about food. He's he's just. <laughs> He, I mean, I'm hungry right now. Yes. Even if you want to go just straight, like, the, if you want to just go totally, I want to get ripped, uh, I want to get Wolverine shape, they have just, just st- steak and veggies. They, they have, you can just load up oh, on yeah. that. And, you, and, chicken, and it's good. Chicken and sweet potatoes. Yeah, you, like, they have options like that. I, I think my plan, I have, like, four steak and veggie ones. I'm trying to, you know, maybe go lower on the carbs. They also have uh, keto ones where it's it's no carbs but high fat and high high protein if you want to get into that. There's tons of options. It's delicious. My mouth is going to start watering on the microphone. I'm not even kidding. So head to flexpromeals.com, and for 20% off on your first order, use the code CUPODCAST. 20% off, and your meals are taken care of. It's good for work. It's good for getting back from the gym. Whatever. Flex Pro Meals. Yummy, healthy meals. All right, Ian. Let's get into a real fun topic now. Okay. We we weren't going <laughs> to... This needs to be covered. Okay. By the way, I got a haircut last week. You probably can't tell. No. It's fine. She said she took off a, a, a lot, but it's very little. Anyway, so um, we are the official aftermarket uh, dead console back to life podcast. Mm-hmm. Besides Battle Royale, so the Atari VCS. We spoke about it what a couple weeks ago. Yeah, about how they they're they're, they're delaying it till the end of the year because they're today. changing the chipset, which basically means they're starting from scratch. In theory, that could be it. Yeah, um, but now another article posted on Medium was what is Medium. dot com. Hold, hold on one second. This is the headline. It's very important. Atari VCS structural improvements and feature adjustments. A comprehensive overview of the updated industrial design architecture. It sounds like a fucking white paper to begin with. Right. But let me um let me just say real quick what this is. Uh, a comprehensive overview of the updated industrial design architecture. No, this is a comprehensive overview of where they over-designed without checking to see if something could be manufactured in a certain way. Oh, you think that's what happened here? Oh, absolutely. You read down far enough where they're talking about the old sandwich rib design, they start talking about how it's too hard and it would require 10 molds, and they totally didn't fucking think about how they would actually build something. So the ridges that they may have mocked up the prototype couple with, you're like, they couldn't, 
probably produce it. Yeah, they wanted to make a bunch of rings to base that would basically sandwich together together. that you want to rub your dick on. Yeah, that I would slap my dick on. Um, So that that the Ian Slapple dick model is is gone, gone. and now we have something much much cheaper and silly looking. Okay, so then so this article goes through really nothing about how this is going to work. Oh, no. What software is going to be on it? The only thing that's mentioned is in the first paragraph. Now that we have finalized our upgrade to the new AMD Ryzen chipset, the Atari VCS team is excited to unveil a number of other changes and improvements. So this is them backpedaling then and saying, that design that you spent $3 million on, kickstarting, we can't do that. Is that what you're saying? Like, yes. Oh. Yes. That's fun. Yep. And I'll, I'll the team up. was forced to balance the original design intent against a number of practical considerations, and steadily a new path forward emerged. You this should... costs way too much money. Our design, we have to change it. We have That's to change practical because we don't know <laughs> what the fuck we're doing. Because you can CG render whatever the fuck you want, but then when you go to a manufacturer and say build this, they're going to be like, okay, Haas. Uh, this is going to be a little tough to do. We can do it. It's going to cost a lot of money. And here, uh, until now, all renders and pre-production models of the Onyx Edition have shown the Fuji logo illuminated in red. Uh, they're going to illuminate it in white. Uh, and others showed the front panel lit with four small horizontal LEDs. The aesthetic looked cool and was very well received. But as the user experience team continued to work through the communication tasks that the console what? and its LEDs needed to accomplish, it became apparent that a consistent approach was necessary across all VCS what? models to implement clear messaging that avoids any confusion in the system to user communications and alerts. That's a fucking mouthful. I need a clear communication to tell me what that what he just said. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? So the, the LEDs weren't functioning to communicate stuff? The, we're talking about on the little Atari logo, right? Is that what no, we're no, about? no, no, no. There was on the original it was like the Atari logo and then it showed like four LEDs on the front panel. And okay. they're saying that even though it was well received and looked very cool, uh, they're not doing it. And they're not doing it because of communication problems or whatever. No, but it's no, just an it's, extra cost. It's just an extra cost. LEDs you, cost nothing. Yeah. They cost no, almost nothing. But it would probably increase the cost of manufacture. And maybe the software dev team to, to do what they want. So they said, like, we don't want to deal with that. So... All of this is incredibly flowery language to say we, we are... still don't have any clue as to what we're fucking doing. Or we're dialing back what you kickstarted, which to me is the worst takeaway from this. You're yeah. not getting what you, was kickstarted you... because, again, there was no prototype. It was not kickstarted. Indiegogo. Yeah. There's no prototype. So we can just fuck, it, we can just fuck around yep. on it. And when is this supposed to be up? The end of the year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll see that. See it underneath Christmas trees. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to to compare the original Indiegogo version versus the Ian Dick Slapable version model versus the one they're now showing now. I'm trying to see what the main what you're saying. So what you're saying is that this is well one piece still has ridges in it. It's just not all individual pieces they want to wrap right. around. They show you if you go all the way down to where the like original, a fucking spiral sausage where the original proposed construction was. It was literally... They wanted to sandwich rings. Yeah. They, I could have told you back then that was unnecessary. Very, yep. This is being designed by art wonks, this console. This is being designed as an art piece that happens to do gaming on the side. And I said that last year. I think you did. I said that last piece. year. And the problem is, is well, okay, don't go into it expecting a console that's worth a damn. But if you liked the way it looked or something and you wanted to put it on a shelf, fine, I get it. But now even those people are going to be let down because the design is completely different. It looks a lot cheaper. 
Oh, it's going to look cheaper because now you can see it's one molded piece that just has ridges in it versus yeah. individual ones. It's very, very cheap looking. I mean, it still has the same shape, right? The shape is... More or less? The shape is kind of sim- similar. It's trapezoidal in the back. You know, it's circular. Now, I think they, I think that in this medium... I try to read all this. My mind kept shutting off um, about how it's like it looks more... F- oh, the floating effect. Here it is. Visually speaking, the most notable aspect of the update design is a revised silhouette that now elevates the v- VCS main body to create more of a floating effect. Yeah, because there's a, there's a riser underneath it now. What is that? I, but I understand. Like, what do you mean it looks like it's floating? They just put like a... a right here. Like, like a little... Yeah, there's a riser here, so it looks like it's floating. That's their way of saying it's, it's not a, piece a stand. Of pla- it's a piece it's of plastic on the bottom. Yeah. It's a stand. It's a stand. That you can't see unless you, like, drop your head down and look at it. It's not floating. It's got a stand underneath well, it. Well, I mean, basically... It's not magnetism. It's like saying that the Atari 2600 had a floating effect because it had a stand underneath Because the it. stand was, was smaller than the outside of it. Right. That's insane. Is that people really want out of this? Like that, that this is, here's the point. Is that, is this is what consumers are, are, do the consumers want this that they already bought? Do they want this level of nuance that you are now not just delaying this, but potentially fucking with the project wholesale? That's my question. Right. I have no idea. How is this going to be first to, to say you're up, updating the chipset a couple weeks ago is one thing, but now to say we're also overhauling the, the physical design for manufacturing, at some point, even the people that really wanted to say, okay, what what are we doing? I mean, I guess it does look somewhat similar, but to me it looks maybe it's the just The shape the is similar. It's similar. But, yeah, I mean, you're you're they moved the USBs around. By adding a smaller riser under the body, we, th- we think the VCS now visually references the classic Atari 2600 design even more than before. The unit laying so flat on its body continuously came up in discussions among VCS team members and others. The team ultimately determined that the VCS should, should float above the base surface, just like the original 2600. Doing so also opened up other, uh, some, uh, some other great opportunities. Like... So that with that, they can move two of the four USB ports to the front of the VCS. Why does that? Why does Why does anyone care? Well, that should, to me, you should have it on the front anyway. But yes. Why wasn't that a consideration before? Because they wanted it to look sleek. They're, they were so sleek. now it's not as sleek. Now it's thicker. Yes. Because because you have that. Okay. So looking at it, yes, it does look. I, I mean, I do go back. It does look. A, there's still something that looks weird about this render. This is a render, though, right? Yes, they don't. They said we, we, these are renders that we're going to get pre-production units of. Uh-huh. I'm getting I'm getting a call from Englishtown, New Jersey. I don't know if that's my old nemesis from the, from the flea market there. Oh. That's really <laughs> weird. Anyway, I, you know, looking at the old pictures, the upper angle that they shot them from made it look more sloped on the front. But either way, this is an entire update to tell you that they're changing the manufacturing process. Streamlined construction replaces, in quotes, rib sandwich. So the rib sandwich design is gone. Yes. Rib for no one's pleasure. Sure. Uh, see, I I didn't realize that they were actually sandwiching layers in. I forgot about that yeah. detail. Sixteen layers, fins represent the the layered fins represent a bold and decision design decision, but presented some notable engineering challenges. Yes, <laughs> because we didn't look into it. Oh, here's the yeah, here it is. Here's the here's the rib. Oh right. my god, this meant insane. there would have been, have to be at least ten plus unique tools to mold the parts, plus a lot more raw material. There it is. If they were all individually shaped differently. You need different molds for each one of them. And that's a ton of money. Yep. Versus just having one plastic mold of the entire thing. That's a shit ton of money. That I cannot believe they didn't think about that early in the process. 
Yeah. I mean, that's absurd. You need, you need tooling for each individual mold of everything you do. So unless it's off the, off the shelf, but I don't think ribs to a, a VCS is something that's already exists a mold of right. that you can do. My God, what are they doing? What are they doing, Ian? I want to interview someone. I'm actually curious. How are you designing this? Tightens every cool rib, curve and rib of our original design, but simplifies the case components to four primary pieces, top, bottom, front, and back. Construction is stronger, uses far less materials, has shorter, more precise assembly times. We're doing this because it's cheaper, it's cheaper, it's cheaper. It, it quickly became clear that we needed to rethink things and improve the me- mechanical design without any negative impacts to the aesthetics of the pieces. Okay. So these jokers, what this is telling me is this. These jokers did an Indiegogo without sourcing how much it would cost to produce this console. Right. They did no research, Ian. They did not go to a manufacturer and said, based on this design, what would it cost to do this? And how complicated would it be? That's what I'm getting from this. Yeah. Because if they did that, then I, they would have charged more for the console. This is, so, this is such a fluffy, like, th- this piece is so fluffily worded, but it needs to be because otherwise this is just an admittance of them not doing any research they, they did at no all. Due diligence. They didn't do anything. Anyone, you can get a CG render of anything. We're, we're really changing without... the chipset two weeks ago, and now we're changing how the console's going to be put together this week. What the fuck were they selling? An idea. Like we said, they're selling a dream, an idea, a concept. I'm, I'm disturbed now. I'm, I'm actually not angry. I am now disturbed now that the odds I gave about this coming out are now worse. Because now I realize that they didn't they didn't do the basic homework and nothing happened. They had a marketing plan. They went out and got a, a big Twitch influencer to appear in the video and talk about how much he loved the Atari games when he was a kid. That's fucking awesome. But you don't have a product. Yeah, I mean, and and now and, you literally. I was I was as now this shows they don't have anything. So right now, so now I'm not even. This isn't even me talking about what the fuck were you playing on. You weren't playing on jack shit when you did those marketing campaign videos and they hired you. I'm not saying they hired you to talk about that, but they got you involved in a project that now is totally bonkers yeah. at this point. It's fucking bonkers now to me. You cannot picture a company, uh, a, a reputable one, like, like, like Microsoft or Nintendo saying six months before, oh, the chipset's gone yep. now and the model of, uh, that you saw before is different. We can't manufacture that. We fucked up. This is what happens when you have pie-in-the-sky ideas, but you don't have the experience to back it up. This is what happens when you have a name that you bought, Atari, and now you try to pretend that you know how to manufacture a game console. Right, exactly. You get, into, you get in over your head. You bought a name. You didn't buy the fucking knowledge. My God. Tooling and material expenses for the updated construction will be less. Yes, because now you have one or two molds instead of 50 of them because the ridges are gone. Like, I can't believe they didn't foresee that and put together the cost of it. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to, like, uh, 3D print the ridges and stack them on? What, I, what do you yeah, think they're going to do? That's the only thing I could think of. Besides the manufacturing, yeah, to manufacture that, like, like, like putting it in a sandwich probably costs a lot more if someone's doing it by hand yeah, as well. Right. Like, it's just more time. There's more to come. Lots more to come. We hope you enjoyed this horror design update. Now that many critical decisions have been finalized. Holy shit. shit. Now? Stop saying stuff like that. Stop. Stop saying that shit. It makes you sound like an idiot. 
future updates will go inside the box to look at the internals and thermal management. That turns me on. Discuss all the great improvements and final features of the classic joystick and modern controller. Game and media content partnerships. Meaning we don't have anything. We have nothing. We have nothing. We've just decided... This is great. They have uh, developer tools. So this game, this console is going to come out. They don't have a dev tool set to send out to anyone to even potentially port this over if they have their own... I'm not even saying this is going to be their own custom software, but the fact that they don't have developer tools in place, what games are you going to release with this besides the the Atari... The the 110 free Atari games that they talked about. Didn't we also get, like, some bullshit, like, operating system shots at one point, too? Well, that was all of them in in the marketing... In the marketing, they had a prototype, and they were playing it. Yeah. They were using it. Yeah, so it was... What... Again, Patrick said, what were you playing on? What, what were you playing? I really want to know what that was. A front-end mod on a PC? I have no idea. Probably. It had, well, well, this is PC components at the end, I guess. So yeah. it was... Just, yeah. Until next time, the Atari BCS team says, yes, until next time. This is getting juicier and juicier as time goes This on. is becoming what the chameleon might have been if it got this far. far and it didn't but yeah this is they realized we fucked up we have to go back to the back to the um, basics on on how we manufacture this and on the chip size and we still don't have software I for mean, it at least <laughs> at least the chameleon had its fucking mold taken care of yes yes <laughs> they started with the one of the most expensive parts the mold was gone from it we're going to use they from the, we got day, the mold. From day one. We're gonna use this jam. We bought mold. the mold. We've got it. We, we don't have to b- spend a ton of money on a mold. This is this like these people who have these. Well, I've got this mold. I guess I have to make a console out of it. I have this name. I okay. have to make a console out of it. It's not how it works. Stop. But they got the money already. That's the problem. I know. Chameleon fell apart. This didn't. This could not ship. We're the drunken podcast haters coming back uh, three years later to tell you that this is the danger now. Yes. That we were trying to avoid then. But now we are deep. It's now worse. The chip thing, I was like, okay. The chip, I could buy it. But now that we're... Okay, Ian did it. Ian was was more of a setting when he did it. I could buy the chips thing. If if the rest of the software was all the same and the hardware all was the same, I can't buy it now. I can't buy this that they know what they're doing if they're totally going to scratch for the the design. I don't know a whole lot about the nitty-gritty, but I had a few people on Twitter tell me that if they're changing the chipset... That basically means they have nothing done. Okay, there you have it. Well, well, if you have to have custom software built to to, to rely on the chip, oh, yeah, then I see it. Then you have no user front end. You have no optimization. Yeah. Then if they're trying to do something that's not just like a retro pie. Right. If they're they're trying to actually make a system. Make their own software to run. Exactly. All right. Fun times. Uh, How how many backers did this? 11,000 backers. June of last year. All right. And that money's all gone. All right. Uh, what's the next topic here? Uh, Ian, we have a scumbag. Seller. Scumbag. Of the of week. week. And this one's near and dear to my heart just because uh, this today is April 2nd when we record this. But by the way, guys, I, I, I remind you on YouTube. I love you on YouTube as well. This is an audio podcast. You can listen to Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. You get you get us right away. Not our cute faces necessarily, but you get you get our sultry voices. You get our, 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 our nice dul- is it dulcet tone, <clears throat> dulcet, dulcet, dulcet tones. So Avengers Endgame, April second when we record this, uh, tickets went on sale. Yep, this morning. Patrick scrambled to get his because uh, even locally they were almost all sold out. So now I'm going to see it Friday. Pat's uh, got to be in bed early, so he, he. I can't watch movies at two two in the morning, Ian. I can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't do it. I got tickets for 11. I would love to go with you and Vani, but I'm not going at 1030 at night. <laughs> 11. 11. It's three hours. Plus, when you factor in trailers, you ain't getting out till what, 2.30 in the morning. It's about half an hour before my bedtime. Oh, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, Avengers Endgame tickets go on sale. When you go to try to buy them from, like, your local AMC, it's like a Comic-Con waiting room. Wait list. So you've been, you're gonna you're waiting for an hour. This, this is all sold out. We we, we, we knew this is going to happen. This is, this is nuttier than Infinity War, though. Because Infinity War, I bought the tickets, like, the day of. And yeah, got in. Yeah, they, like there was some stuff or showings or seats that opened. Like they, they sure. there was a a presale period like this. Sure, and lots of people bought them. And then but this seems nuttier though. Yeah, than it last does. year. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, because I, I mean, this is now seeing the second half of a movie. Basically, we're like, oh my god, I got to see how this ends. So the scumbag sub of the week are all the assholes on eBay that are scalping Avengers Endgame tickets. Here we go. We got a. Uh, Two 3D tickets for April 26th, Regal Union Square Stadium. Uh, User Sunset Dash Center. $200. $200. User Sunset Dash Center. Um, This is why this is heinous. This is ripping the joy out of people's souls. Yes. You're taking something that's supposed to be fun and making it a stressful, awful experience. Yeah, this isn't... Ticket scalping to me isn't just like scalping an NES classic. It's something, I think... It's deeper to me with that. Yeah. Because it's also it's a time based thing. You want to see this, the, the you know you don't get spoiled, you, you don't get spoiled with an NES classic. You know what it is, right? You get spoiled on, a, on an entertainment experience, like like going to oh sitting in the theater with your friends, and you don't want your friends to, to talk about it or have to avoid spoilers because you haven't seen it yet because some asshole's scalping tickets, right? This hits me in such a guttural level. People that do this. And the other thing is because you got tickets day of the last time, and this has happened a few times. There's usually more showings added. I hope so. I hope these assholes... As it get, gets closer. We know that you can't return these tickets, so I hope they, they get stuck with them. Right. I just... I remember when my friend Adam bought our tickets to... I think it was... I think it was... Infinity War? Anyways, um, you know, they were bought in a pre-sale period. They sold out, and then I believe more became available as we got closer. I don't know how many more um, showings the lot's going to be able to shove in there, but I'm sure other theaters will be able to somehow handle the crowd to make the money. This seller is offering for uh, $50 bidding or 500 Buy it now. Really? 500 See, I can get behind maybe if you want like, if people want to like, try to double their money. This one has it for $30. I'm like, okay, that's still slimy, but $500 absurd isn't there isn't there a, in some countries i think there's a limit on how much you can what percentage you can stop for increasing the, the ticket uh price increase for scalping really? i thought i thought three uh, uh, yeah thirty dollars but then 500 and then there's more and more going to come about because this is just this morning there's there's 24 listings i'm sure some i've already sold this this individual bought eight tickets for the lincoln square imax amc eight tickets you have four couples there that can't see the movie. Or maybe a family of four. A couple of families of four right. can't see it. It's, it's awful. How many have sold so far? And it's your fault for buying them. It's also people's fault for buying them. I understand you want to see it. Uh, the good news is they haven't sold any yet. None are sold. I hope eBay goes and oh, takes really? down all okay, of these. Okay, good. I clicked on sold and didn't see any. For I'm putting in end game tickets. Or end game ticket here. Yeah, there's like 24 results. 25 results. So it's, it's gross. It's gross. $100. Oh, this person bid on it. Screw you for a Thursday IMAX. Uh, $200 for two tickets. $125 for one ticket. Same seller has multiple listings here. What seller is this? 
Yeah, Sunset Dash Center. All right, go flag all these. I always say it directly. This this bothers me on such a weird-ass level. Plus, because Pat tried to get his tickets, and when I was trying to check out, one of the tickets of the two went away. So I had to go and f- get worse tickets. for the, That was on a Friday. So, Oh, we're going to go back to the topic before. We are talking about uh, Deadpool. So I was talking to my buddy Andre uh, the other day. And Andre and I have basically podcast telephone conversations. I always say we've got to record all these. We talk for like an hour every time. He was surprised. I wasn't, but he was surprised. Well, when Disney's deal officially went through, whenever that was a week or two ago, at like midnight, yeah. Disney had already changed the banner on their website to include the new properties like Avatar. And uh, one of them was Deadpool, front and center. No Fantastic Four, no X-Men. So I think, I postulate, that's the word of the month for me, postulate, that there's usually when you see these uh, Marvel movies now there's two there's two post screens post you know, there's one in the middle and one at the end yes usually the middle one is carries a story forward and the one at the end is funny I want to lay even money that you're going to have Deadpool show up at the very end of Endgame rushing in with his like white space suit on to catch up and be like oh am I late and, and, <laughs> and start just cursing and having it being bleeped out because it's a Disney movie and realizing it because they're going to work Deadpool into the MCU I can yeah. guarantee you they're going to do oh, it oh yeah um but I think that's going to be the funny tie-in. I, I don't think they're going to show Fantastic Four fighting or X-Men fighting. Maybe they'll reference them somehow or show them in the distance or I mean, doing something in some multiverse. But I, I, think, I think you're going to see Deadpool show up for a funny little cameo at the end. Wouldn't surprise me. Just because it, this is them saying, okay, we didn't have time, obviously, with this deal to go through and do something else. But they can have Ronald Reynolds show up on set for a day, film him real quick, throw him in the back of the movie. Right. They did that in the first Avengers, that shawarma scene. They shot that like a week before the movie came out, just about. Oh, yeah? It was like a week before. Yeah, that's right. I because think I because heard that. because um because uh, Cap had a beer. Chris Evans had a beer. That's why he was he had his fist over his. Yeah, it wasn't. They didn't shoot that with the rest of the film. So I just think that uh, you're going to see Deadpool show up. I think the crowd will go nuts. Some of the crowd won't realize what's going on, and then other people will be like, "Oh, this is this is the best thing." Ever. Right. And then, like I said before, at the, at the intro, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with this Dark Phoenix movie. Uh, they're gonna. I think. They're, I think Daisy's gonna I have put no, it out. I have no clue. It, or write it off. Like, okay, this is a loss. We're not gonna promote it that much. They pushed it back twice. They put it was supposed to be at the fall in February, and they keep pushing it back. And then New Mutants is pushed back too. So I don't know what's going on. Because because they're gonna do their own X Men thing, the MCU. So I don't know. They're gonna shelve it. <laughs> it's gonna be like the Lost Fantastic Four movie, Roger Corman's version. <laughs> they got all destroyed the copies. What are you thinking? You're thinking to see Deadpool? You're gonna see Reed Richards show up? I think we'll probably see. There's got to be some sort of cute little something Easter egg with someone something to show that they have the, the properties. That they have X Men or Deadpool or Fantastic Four back. I thought I said I think it would be nuts if they secretly cast the Fantastic Four this early and had them show up, but that would be like insane. Yeah, I I don't know if they would do that. I don't think they would. It would. I think it would take too much away from the movie. You think so? Yeah. If they showed up for like five minutes or thirty seconds, it would take. I don't. This is a this is a three hour movie, by the way. So they can do a lot in three hours. That's true. They can. People thought that putting Spider Man into Civil War was going to be too much, but it worked out fine. It was only moved for like ten minutes, right? And it worked out perfectly. So you know, all right. But anyway, back to scalping. Yeah, this is slimy, just like what it was for the interview scalpers around Christmas. That's that asshole that got caught in the news. Oh, remember? yeah. A few years ago. All right. All right. So uh, don't scalp movie tickets or you're going to be a scumbag seller of the week. 
All right. Uh, one second. Sorry. The fuck? Stop. Okay. My phone was just driving me crazy. Okay. All right. The, the Ian's, Ian's needed. Ian, there's no Tales from the game store, unfortunately. No. Um, I'm not going to force it. If there's, if there's nothing good, okay. I just can't do it. However, I do have a, a, a brief, amusing story. This will probably be only for the audio. Okay. Uh, at WonderCon, I don't know why weird things happen to me in bathrooms. <clears throat> Because you don't wash your hands properly. I, <laughs> you don't you don't put water on first like a civilized human being. I walked in to the bathroom at WonderCon an hour before it opened. Because I had an exhibitor's badge. And all the booths were full. I was like... All the stalls? All the stalls. Okay. So I'm standing there waiting for a stall. Dude opens the door. Walks out. Looks at me. Goes, I should try again. And turns around. Walks back <laughs> into the stall and closes it behind him. You didn't sneak in at that point? <laughs> I should try again? I should try again. Turns around and closes the The fact that he again. verbalized it is what makes it funny. Like, cause... looking at me. Oh, because he knew you were going to sneak in. Well, because it was your turn. Yeah, it was my turn. He was exiting, no. and he stops in the doorway of the stall, looks at me, and goes... Oh, so, okay. So if he stopped... See, once he's out, I think it's fair game. You, you gotta go back in the line. If he was still in the stall, I think it's okay. Yeah, he opened it, and he's, like, standing in the stall doorway, he's like and he looks at me, and he goes, I should try again. And turns around. <laughs> and goes back Hey, that's happened to the best of us. <laughs> you're in there, you're like, you know what, nothing's happening. You get up, and you're like, okay, oh, something's no, wait, happening. Yeah, something's gonna happen. I changed my mind. <laughs> Something got moved there. Something got dislodged. I don't know, but okay. Um, I did wash my hands uh, with uh, soap after the water this past weekend. Uh, this past weekend, so it, water first. It then felt soap. weird. It what do you mean? It's smoother. You don't dry, disgusting soap. It's weird. Oh my god, Ian! Can't do it. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe a little pre and a little during for an extra good. Yes, wash. that's what everyone does. That's how you wash your hands. You go pre soap during. No, no, I mean lather. I mean, I mean soap wash soap. Wash. What do you mean, two soaps? What are you, a doctor? What do you tell? Why do you need to do it twice? I, I don't know. You I lather mean, once, you get a good lather, you're good. So you get the experience. Oh my god, <laughs> fucking nuts! Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- how you see a see a cleaning therapist, mm. soap therapist, <laughs> just for that. All right, Ian, sir. Ian, we have a Patreon poll. Ian, where do, what do you? Patreon.com/slash/cu podcast. And right there, you can help support us, not pay us. Pay us money. <laughs> help support us. You're the fucking worst at promoting your own career, Ian. My God. It's like it's self-sabotage. Anyway, we have the full video podcast. You have a Patreon poll every week for this topic. Uh, Ian has his Google Hangout and his writings once a week mm-hmm. that I force him to do. But anyway, so but now you have, in third place, uh, this is, unfortunately, let's go back to the line. It's held on for about five, six weeks. What would a CU podcast would we look like? Only 18%. All right. We're not. That, that's. But you know what? People made in the comments that you know what? There's all three good choices week. So I don't know. I, I might bring it back. In second place at 35%. Uh, 35. Wow, it's good for second place. Games you've wanted to finish but find too difficult. And number one at 48%. Strong. What dead Nintendo franchise would you want to see make a comeback? Take it away, Ian. Dead ser- deadly serious. I want to see Clue Clue Land. It doesn't have to be a big game. It doesn't have to be a big game. It doesn't have to be a triple A game. But I would like to see something, something, something cheap and easy. Even if just it's a maze just, game. even if it's just a cute reskinning, essentially of the original, or in a like, uh, you know, more levels, kind of like Clue Clue Land uh, disc system, the 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 disc system version of Clue Clue Land. Did we ever play that in the marathon? What were the differences again? Again, uh, there's there's uh, 
there's a couple different levels and different images that you can unlock. Okay. Uh, if I recall correctly, it's just uh, it's just bigger, it's longer. Um, Nintendo didn't publish Advance Wars, did they? That's not, you don't consider that Nintendo. Uh... No, uh, it, it, that's Intelligent Systems. Well, it is Nintendo because they also do uh, Fire Emblem. So yes, so it's second party ish. Yeah, I would say I would say that would you, you count could, Advance Wars. Yeah, I'd count Advance Wars. Okay, this is what I want. I think that you, it's a gold mine if you had um, a, a, a real time, not real time, it's turn based, turn based strategy game, but using Nintendo characters. Like it could be like. Mario themed or Zelda themed or a combination. Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it's XCOM, but with. Oh, it's XCOM. It's XCOM, but with Mario and Rabbids. Will that will that fulfill my need for a turn based strategy? That's turn based strategy. Okay. Well, XCOM it's is very very good. Okay. Yeah. All right then. Fuck me then. We already got it. <laughs> but all but all Nintendo characters. No, it's okay. it's it's like Mario Luigi. Peach, I'm thinking of okay. I'm thinking of the the Mario Kart idea, but now sure turn turn based strategy. Then. I see. It could be cute. Could be. It could be disaster. But I I don't think there's enough uh, turn based strategy games or hell fuck it real time strategy game with Nintendo character. Whatever that could be interesting. I think that would actually be pretty interesting. Nintendo's never done that real time strategy. Imagine right? imagine controlling like the Mushroom Kingdom opposing sides. Yeah, like Warcraft. But you have. Fun. We're making the game. You need it right now. We got it. We, we just got it. You have, you Hot have... off the heels of our basketball game. Right. Mushroom Kingdom on one side. Yep. Or the Koopas. Yep. The Koopa Kingdom. And you fight each other. But the, the, what the brilliance about Warcraft was you have parallel units that yeah. just look and sound different, but they're the same type. Exactly. So they do the same thing. We got it. That's your game. Yep. That's not a franchise coming back to the dead. That's your game. And that I will buy that game and play it, Ian. Online. All right. Real-time strategy, Mario Kingdom. Military game. That's it. That's the game. But that's not the question. So we're not doing a justice to the, to the patrons here. We're not doing justice no. to, to something you can bring back. Okay. We know Metroid's coming back in some form, so that's coming back. Right? You know, I'm not, I don't have a huge mass experience. What about... I'm looking at a list of the franchise. What about a Mario paint for the, for the game for the, for the Switch? That would be interesting. Um, actually... It's not going to be Mario themed, I don't think, but I believe one of the VR labos okay. is like a virtual space like paint program. Oh, but we don't need a virtual. I'm just just on the oh, yeah. on the sure. You got a pointer, and you know, you I, go I to just, town. I just want to play the. You want to fly swat on your fly switch? swatter? Yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised that that was that was the last time they had a, a title like that, wasn't it? Uh, no, they've had Art Academy and stuff like that come out. Oh. They got Mario thrown on it, though? Uh, One was normal. One was Pokemon-themed. I don't think Mario is actually... Let's get a Mario. Mario Paint Switch. Switch Paint. Switch Paint Mario? But now that I'm thinking about Clue Clue Land, I'm thinking, like, it would be fun to see, I don't know, quick little reimaginings of some of those black box games. Um, Like, they did the... They did Excitebike. uh, They did that on the Wii. It would be... Remember when they did the new Excitebike on the Wii? Yes. That was fun. But that was a standalone. Yeah, but okay. it was it was you know it was a download title. That's what I'm saying. Like it'd be fun to see old franchises like Clue Clue Land or Excite Bike or fuck Mach Rider come back with some weird. I got the, I got it I got it. Thing. We uh, just we just do the black box collection. You remake yeah. all these simple games. You throw them on one title. Right. I buy it. Yeah. All all the all the sports titles. Fucking yep. even volleyball. 
because it's not that hard to do them. You don't, honestly, you, 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 don't, you don't even them. have to increase. You don't have to change the gameplay. No, I was going to say buttons. you can keep them as simple as, yes. as they were. Just, just update it and make them a little bit, a little bit like volleyball is a little tough to get the timing down and the spikes. Yeah. Things like that, just but keep the basic controls the but same. Like, Basically, someone maybe, who approached them would feel like they were playing the yes, same game. But you but can it's add in, different. add in like tournament mode or season because that's easy to just to add that. But like the the basics mechanics. Ice are the hockey, same. so I can destroy you. Yes, I know. I, you know, I got to train. Yep. I, I still want to do my my basketball black box. Oh yeah, no, that game sounds great. <laughs> we, sounds we, fun. We really came up with the mechanics for that. We got we got we got, a, we got a higher dev. Let's let's go because because my experience with devs has been great so far on, on stuff. Um. Anyway. Um, we got a Q and A. Um, are we done with this topic? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you, you, let's I, go. Well, let's go. Obviously, F Zero has to come back. Yes, it does. I, I mean, that's way overdue. I really want to see F Zero come back, especially because my buddy Jose is just dying for a new F Zero. Just because I think there's room to have like the Mario Kart thing and a tr- more traditional racing game that's off the wall. But maybe they don't. Maybe they don't see that. Maybe they say we have one racing franchise and that's enough. Maybe that's the way Nintendo looks at, it, which is unfortunate to do that yeah it just is because the kart racers are not racers they're totally yes. different we're gonna, we're gonna have another star fox game with the switch that's a gimme we're gonna probably have that so that that's fine uh i'm looking at this pilot wings that that's not gonna come back probably i, I came back think. for the 3ds i'm sure we'll see it again at some point they the oh, switch though they pull it out randomly but that's more like a tech demo thing whenever they do a pilot wings <laughs> game right that's not like sure that's not a big seller uh, Devil World, bring back Devil Worlds, bring back Devil World, Devil World Switch. I forget about that. You think we're gonna see another Earthbound game, or just release the third one? Oh, I don't know that we'll ever get the third one. They have to at this point, but you, I feel like we had this conversation before. Like they have to. We've had it. I don't think they do. I, I, I think at this point, it, I don't know at this. I think. I think that magic point where they could have released it and it would have done gangbusters is starting to fall off like five years ago yeah earthbound is still popular earthbound is a good game it's a neat series but um i I, i've noticed that the overall hype around earthbound is also sure people get older joey joey gets older yeah it's it's died down (laughs) a bit i mean that was when when i first started going to conventions that was the big game now you know then it moved on to like undertale and it's just Earthbound's always going to have fans, and it's always going to be big, but I think if they really wanted this to, like, come out and make a wave, they would have dropped it two years ago. Uh, this is my real real quick story about Rue, from Clan of the Grey Wolf, who's a big Earthbound fan. He owns the the NES uh, Mother Prototype, uh, one of one of the two or three that exist. Um, it was MAGFest uh, 2000, the first one you came to me with, like 2012, was it? No, it was 2013 or 2014. Were you there when, when he brought up the prototype? No. So it must have been 12 or 11. So my first one was 10. I think it was 11 or 12 when they went to the new location. He shows up with this prototype that's worth like 10 grand at the time. He has it in a beat-up Jaws box. That, that was the protection of it. And <laughs> it was okay. It was either Jaws or Dragon Warrior. One of the two. It was, But it was a beat-up box. I want to say it was Jaws, though, or Dragon Warrior. It was like one of the two. And I, I looked at him like he was insane. Like, you are an insane person. <laughs> You might as well wrap it in tissue paper doing that. I just thought that was a funny story. Yeah, that, that's all right. Ruro, I'll see crazy. you at Portland for our yearly our yearly uh, uh, visit. Oh, Nintendo owns Teleboxer. That's one of their franchises. I didn't know that. that I didn't know that either. Uh, yeah, now he's excited. Well, they got arms. Let's bring that back. They got arms. That was sort of the you know in the ballpark, right? Yeah. Rock'em sock'em robots thing. Okay, thanks for the for the Patreon uh, voting. It's always fun, and uh, we're gonna move on to a Q and A time. 
Q&A time on the CU Podcast. This is a two-parter from Sean Marafini, uh, NJ underscore Gooner32, New Jersey Gooner. <laughs> uh, do you think there are more good games now than in the NES slash Super NES era? Because the ability and knowledge to make them is more well-known. Or has media changed so we only focus on the better-received games? Second part, maybe better put... We get seemingly far more games that review well, 6+, plus, that, and are playable, as compared to all the early tie-in games trying to make money off a of film or show, or games that are sloppily made seem to lack any QA. It's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I don't think that there's more good games now, necessarily. Um, I think, in, in terms of quantity, um, I think that there are... Lots of big triple A games that always seem to review good to excellent, no matter what people complain about. And that's the focus. And when these games come out, it's like movies now. And that's all we focus on. So other games aren't necessarily, um, aren't necessarily visible. Uh, and there's a lot of shit out there. There's a lot of bad games. Are we, are you, are we dealing with just consoles like at this point? Not PC? I would just take console because once you get yeah, the just PC, console because they said NES, SNES. Okay, because once you get the PC, it's a whole different conversation. Oh yeah, no, it's totally different. Um, so I don't think that there's more good games. I do think that there is maybe a little bit less experimentation, and that's not necessarily an insult. It's that we've had so many generations of games to experiment with and to uh, come up with mechanics and stuff like that. So I. Maybe the games, in a way, do release a little bit tighter in some instances, but you still have problems where, like, Fallout 76 comes out and there's a billion problems. Most Bethesda games have shitloads of bugs. Um, they're, you know, uh, No Man's Sky released with nothing. Uh, sea of Thieves, the same way. I, I honestly think the the level of quality to crap is about the same back then as it is now. Now, you can interpret this two ways. When you said good games to me, does that mean ones that aren't trash and are playable or actually just like aesthetically and creatively they're good? I don't... I, there's two different questions because obviously in the Atari era where they're barely playable or even slightly broken, they still were released. Right. Even as, you know, Atari mainstream games that would show up in, in Toys R Us, that shouldn't have been... That was part of the video game crash. They shouldn't have been released. Right. Some of those games. On the NES, some of those games... Still shouldn't have been released. Even even the the licensed ones should yeah. not have been released. Yeah, you would agree. Yeah. Some of those THQ games should not have been released. Still, yeah, they're not necessarily broken, but they're barely playable. Um, even on the licensed one, you know, some should not have been released. You know, um, but we talk about so okay. So in that point, it's harder for a console game to come out that should not have been released in terms of it being broken. Because there's, there's a lot more QA when it comes to it. I suppose when, so, when but there are console. still games like Ride to Hell 1% that are like, they, they're released and they just... But that's... They don't that's fucking work. few and far between, though, in comparison. I guess. Well, like Big Rigs, you know, where it's like that game should not have been released. But, that was PC. But yeah. PC's different, because I don't even know what the standard is on Steam uh, for QA. Like, Steam doesn't play every single game before it's on the storefront, right? It can right. Put, you can put out shit that doesn't even load up, or or barely loads up. So, that's different. Console, though, I think we're probably in a much cleaner space because I don't think Sony is going to allow a broken game broken game on, on, on their store, you know, yeah. or in stores. I mean, 
I guess if you're talking the difference between broken and not broken, that's that's one thing. There's less broken games. But in terms of actual quality games, once we get past the stage of broken and we forget about well, broken, I feel like the level of good games is still about the same. Well, it's a fun the that... level of bad games was more back then in terms of... Because some just couldn't function. But the, the level of good games, the the basket full of games that you may want to... It's the same. You're saying is, is about the well, same. Well, this is, this is a human nature discussion because we look at the bell curve of of like uh, intelligence and creativity of humans i doubt it's changed much in 35 years so it's not like we're working with different uh internal in our head internal tools what we had before to be able to be more creative than what we were before we can do more in a game doesn't mean that we're going to think of stuff and execute it right exactly you know so so yeah you still have those probably five to ten game five to ten twenty games a year that come out that are considered classics 50 years from now yeah. Every year you're going to have, like, say, 20 games that, oh, my God, these are games that Smithsonian will have a thousand years from now. I feel like 20 is a bit high, but, yeah. You I, really I, see I, what I, I mean. 20 games that will be, like, essential to these are what video games are. Maybe maybe 10 of those are on a console, five are indie yeah. games. You know what I mean? That and are I like, feel like these that, are... And I feel like that would that applies to the older systems as well. Like I said, this is just a, a, a how many good games are there. This isn't, like, a ratio of good games to bad games or how many bad games. It's just... The stuff that actually stands out now and then, I think, yes. is about the same. Yeah, the ratio is the same. There's just less broken games. Yes, but we're not. But we're talking about just what are like the the number of seven out of tens are probably the same. Right. And I would argue the number of ten out of tens are, are probably roughly the same, just because as technology goes up, our ex- so it's like if you plop if you plop the game that came out on the Xbox into 1987, it'd be the best game ever, no matter what game it was. Just because it looks insane, right? It plays better. Oh my god, there's there's six buttons instead of two. You know what I mean? But in its own time, though, it's a six out of ten or a five out of ten. Yeah. yeah. So that's really the question we're talking about, right? You know, if you if you had a, a I don't know any random movie I can think of. I don't know uh, Sucker Punch come out in 1932. It would have been amazing <laughs> back then for the visuals and everything. What you could do technology. But when Sucker Punch comes out and whatever it came out 2011 or so, that wasn't as good, right? I have no idea. You're a big Snyder fan, that's why. Massive. All right, I think that was our CU podcast. I think that's it. And now I'm looking up a recipe. I click the link. Well, that's good. You need to stick around for the, the post chat hangout for a change. You've done it like in a month. Like, I gotta, I gotta do stuff. No, you don't. What, do you, what do you mean? I should probably go home and figure out how to hook up that SG to my. Uh, no, I got to do things. What do you mean? My, what, what do you, uh, have to do? you can hang around for ten minutes. I'll hang around for ten minutes. All right, all right, everyone. We'll see you. We'll see you in uh, in a week. We'll see you in a week. Episode one fifty four is done. I'm gonna make some scallion sauce. <laughs>